Bishop, when you get to meet with the Pope and other dicasteries, are there certain things you hope to share in particular and maybe do you get to ask them things? Bishop and Vickers, this is Bishop Tom Bailey from the Diocese of Spokane here in Eastern Washington. And joining me today are two of the three Vickers, Father Brian Mee, the pastor of St. Augustine's here in Spokane, and the Vicar of Finance, and Father Pat Kirst. Hello. The pastor of St. Thomas More. That's my voice with the cold. And uh, the Vicar for Priests. Father Connell is at a spa somewhere in... South of the border. South of the border. Feels lighter in here already. Yes, I know. Uh, And the air is pure. (laughs) Anyway, we're talking about uh, the ad limina. And for our listening audience, um, every six, seven, and now it's eight years, the bishops of, on a rotating basis throughout the world meet with uh, the Pope and various dicasteries of, of the church and report on the um, state of affairs in the diocese. Father Me, of course, studied at the North American College. He also did his doctorate in Rome and is very familiar with all things Roman. Um, Especially the restaurants. The restaurants, yes. And the, um, in fact, he was explaining to me you have an option when you go to Rome. The bishops are to wear the filatata or the house cassock, but if you would wear a Nehru jacket or a leisure suit <laughs> with a cross on your lapel, you get a um, free meal. You get a free meal <laughs> at uh, Country Smorgie's House of Ribs on Borgo Pio. Uh, maybe just kind of the history, uh, Father Me, because of your experience studying in Rome, uh, what is the history of the Ad Limina? Well, first, uh, Ad Limina Apostolorum means mm. to the threshold or the doorstep of the apostles. So again, it's that uh, tradition of all the bishops needing to return to to Rome to report basically on the states of their diocese. Perhaps a more modern history of the Ad Limina would begin with Sixtus V, which may not seem that modern to us uh, as he was in the 1500s. But he's the one that began the custom of uh, bishops coming and reporting on their diocese. Then in 1909, it was Pius X that uh, kind of firmed up exactly what was necessary and what was to be reported when bishops come to make their ad limina. And I think the last time it was actually, there was um, a little more definition given to it. It was during the time of Pius or during uh, John Paul II's reign. He came out with... um, Pastor Bonus in, in um, 1988 about the ad limina and what the bishops were expected to do. But I'd go back just for a second. Actually, the tradition, I said it begins with, or tradition or custom, begins with uh, Sixtus V in the late 1500s. But already, if you go back to the early church, and by that early church, I would mean uh, Gregory the Great, who died in 604, he began that tradition of when an archbishop, an archbishop has a polyum, that the archbishop would have to come to Rome to receive the polyum. And the traditional day for receiving the polyum was on the feast of Saints Peter and Paul on June 29th. Yes. Is that correct? Thank mm-hmm. you. Okay. June 29th, uh, they would have to come to Rome and uh, meet with the Pope. So even before the the type of ad limina we have today, where all the bishops uh, within that period of eight years, as you said, are on an eight-year cycle, return to Rome, 
there was already a previous tradition where the archbishops or when one was named an archbishop would have to come to Rome to meet with the Pope. And the reason for Gregory the Great, Gregory the First, starting that tradition was for the sake of making a closer connection and relationship between the local churches and the Church of Rome. I remember uh, going to the pallium for Archbishop Niederauer in 06, um, as well as Archbishop Cordelioni in 13. And uh, that was a very impressive um, uh, ceremony. I remember in the 06, I was, I was able to get tickets from a classmate of mine, Mario Aliotto and his uh, mother and wife and their four kids. Uh, and to be present, I was there with my sister and my niece and some family, the Bolins from Marin County. And to see, uh, at that time, Pope Benedict give the pallium uh, to Archbishop Niederau, and then again in 13, uh, was an impressive thing. But it's changed now. Um, we received uh, from Archbishop Aitchen, who is the new Archbishop of Seattle, I think it's uh, sometime in July, July 16th, he will be given the pallium from uh, Pio Christoph, the nuncio. But does this... The, is the tradition, does the archbishop still go to Rome on the on the feast of Peter and Paul? No, no, now that, and that changed with uh, Pope, Pope Francis, Francis. and now uh, through the local postal system, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the pallium is sent to the country uh, and then given, as you say, by the people. Was Nuncio. Paul VI, did he uh, give them to the, uh, on the, did that c custom continue then? Or all, that... all, all the way up to Pope Francis, up mm. to uh, this time. And the way, that just kind of very uh, sidebar, the pallium, it comes, it's, there's a whole process to coming up with the pallium. And uh, I think we have the Feast of St. Agnes coming up. When? Mm -hmm. When is her feast? St. Agnes? Mm, don't know. Mm. So anyway, on the Feast of St. Agnes at San Agnese Furile Mura, uh, just outside of Cleveland, outside, <laughs> outside the walls of Rome, St. Agnes, mm -hmm. outside the walls of Rome, there's uh, two lambs that are blessed. And then those two lambs are blessed, they're sheared. The wool is taken from St. Agnes to Santa Cecilia in Trastevere. Mm. And the sisters there uh, weave those palliums that uh, are given out to the archbishops. Mm. Yeah. We've seen Bob Pearson in his own pallium at the North Town Mall. Uh, <laughs> you were going to say something. You can't get, no, I'm just listening to these things, and as usual, I'm learning a lot and, and sitting around this table, but whether this goes back to Gregory with the pallium and, or uh, Sixtus and the uh, Limina and so forth, I can't imagine as very much an outsider looking in that those are occasions for a whole lot of real business getting done, and yet it sounds to me like something's very powerful symbolically uh, has a practical effect i'm sure of the the bishops with uh, the uh, pope having a little bit of fraternity and so forth and passing on a little information just to enlighten the pope as what's going on around the world but mostly it's just that symbol of the bishops being in communion with one another and communion with the pope and uh, and and being together as brothers in terms of uh, administrating the church from that from that pastoral position when it comes to, we, we just received a, a letter regarding what we should, there's uh, various um, dicasteries that we will be meeting with, and the bishops of, in our case, is Region 12, the bishops of the Northwest, will be um, presenting, uh, certainly the archbishops. In this case, there are two archbishops, because Anchorage is empty or open, uh, Archbishop Sample and Archbishop Aitchen. But uh, I've been told that when uh, Pope John Paul 
had the ad limina, um, there were three meetings. The first was a mass, the second was a meal, and then the third would be the individual bishops of a diocese would meet with the Pope who had a, a map of the United States and would be briefed on that and, and ask questions. I think, of course, John Paul had a great uh, love of the United States because the amount of um, uh, Poles who had, were living here. And also uh, during World War II, the um, United States uh, saving um, from, from Nazis. So was, that was always a very powerful uh, experience with many good stories uh, of that. Uh, when we had the, the ad limina I attended with Pope uh, Benedict, he spoke to the bishops of Region 11. We were allowed to make comments, and he then had another meeting. So there was only one meeting, and I just uh, have here the description of what we should anticipate. It says, the audience with the Holy Father and the visits to the dicasteries are reserved for the bishops alone, which is to say that any companions, clerics, or laymen will not be admitted under any circumstances. So that's why Father Me and Father uh, Kirst will be at the okay. International House of Priests, the IHOP, <laughs> or the Casa del Clero, uh, where um, you can be running from the gypsies, uh, perhaps. But um, in any case, it's this is going to be one meeting uh, with the Pope, and um, we're anticipating maybe a discussion, but we're not sure. I know Father Kirst has a series of Letters you want me to bring a set of letters from your parishioners, or is I the second grade, you? The second, second graders, graders yeah. yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. so they want to know if the Pope has a cat and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> what Pope Benedict did or does, yeah, he was a great cat lover. Hmm. Uh, what about stories from history? Uh, any stories before we were recording this? There's a few uh stories I don't know if we want to be told <laughs> on the air. Do you have you heard? Yeah. Um, Father me, you're the one of all things uh, knowledgeable about Roman history. Maybe did someone conveniently drop their wallet and come back in? or uh... <laughs> Well, the one I, I mentioned, I think, before the show itself, I was talking about Cardinal Samuel Stritch, and this didn't happen during an odd limina, but uh, of course, Cardinal Stritch was the Archbishop of Chicago, and then he was the first American, I think, named to be the head of a congregation. He was, um, I think, the... Um, what, oh, whatever it was, propagation of the faith, I think it was. But he was only over there for a short while before he got a blood clot and they had to amputate his arm, which isn't, and then was oh, soon after Ooh. that, he had a stroke and died. So hmm. uh, he did not have a long, maybe a successful, but not a long career in Rome. But at that time in Rome, this would have been back in the 50s, um, at that time in Rome, and perhaps it still is, you can't embalm a body. But of course, they wanted to get the body back to Chicago, where he's buried and all. So, as you mentioned earlier, Bishop, I went to the North American College. This was before my time there, but up on the fifth floor, there's a famous bathtub. As a matter of fact, I think it's the only bathtub in the college, the rest are showers. But it was in that bathtub that they embalmed Cardinal yeah, Stritch. because geez. Because... Uh, North American College is within the extraterritorial uh, annex by the Vatican, so it's not part of Italy. So it was against Italian law hmm. to embalm, but not against Vatican City law. So um, there's a nice gory story for you. Jeez, that is. So, that is so in case headlines. something happens to you over there, Bishop, just make sure they get you to the fifth floor bathtub. Well, what became of his art? <laughs> what became Did, of the, It's a relic somewhere yeah. in, uh, in Napoli now. Well, his slippers are still there, aren't they? <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know that there there are um, stories. I think there was a bishop from the East Coast. I I don't know if it was Bishop Keating who was Arlington. He may have died over there during the ad limina. Um, should I be worried about oh, people uh, tasting my food? I, I would certainly get a life uh, insurance, insurance policy policy out before you leave. Yeah. Uh, well, we um, we the opportunities for the bishops to uh, meet with various congregations were just given to us. Uh, we're fortunate that on Monday, the 3rd of February, we have our meeting with Pope Francis, and uh, we'll have Mass in the morning at the Basilica of Peter, at the altar of the tomb of Peter, which is always, I think, a very powerful experience. Tuesday, we're with the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith and the Congregation of Bishops. And then Wednesday, Congregation of Clergy, Divine Worship, the Signatura. What is the Signatura, Father Me, for our listening audience? Oh, gee. Not, <laughs> I, I don't know. I know that... Dicastries, you know, so all of the the ones that form the dicastries are those offices that uh, have some jurisdiction. So under that falls the Secretary of State. You have congregations, tribunals. You have um, commissions. I think it is in offices. So it's a very involved bureaucracy, or bureaucracy may sound um, derogatory. I don't mean it to be so, but. Uh, a very complex system of government. Is, is maintenance and janitorial under that it's, as well? <laughs> yes. Somewhere yeah. deep down there. Yeah. When we come back after the break, uh, we'll speak about some of the basilicas where we'll be celebrating this Mass. Welcome back to the Bishop and Vickers. Joining me is Father Me and Father Kirsten. We're talking about the ad limina, that is the bishops of the Northwest, which is Region 12. That would be the bishops of Alaska, Washington State, Montana, Idaho, and Oregon uh, on a rotation along with the bishops of the United States, which began in early November with the bishops of New England and will continue in the regions to meet with Pope Francis and the various congregations in Rome to report back on our life, uh, the faith lives of our people here, in, in this case, the Diocese of Spokane. So we've been given the, the list, and uh, some of the meetings will, of course, will be with the first meeting with Pope Francis, and then um, the Congregation um, for Bishops, the Doctrine of the Faith, Clergy, Divine Worship, um, the Pontifical Commission for the Protection of Minors, that's something uh, new, the Dicastery for Promoting Integral Human Development, not quite sure about that. Congregation of the Causes of Saints, uh, Catholic Education, New Evangelization. So a report was prepared and coordinated by Father uh, Connell, and it reports everything from our Catholic school enrollment, our religious formation, the amount of uh, baptisms, um, the number of priests, seminarians, the religious, um, religious women and men, uh, various statistics about annulments, um, again, the sacramental life. We also will be uh, reporting back on what do we see the challenges we face in the United States. And when we met as the bishops in November in Baltimore, we spoke about what we might feel the area of emphasis we'd like to, to talk about. I chose uh, Catholic education because of my uh, years uh, involved in that ministry prior to being named a bishop. But I think it's an opportunity for um, each bishop to talk about 
the church in a local area, and it connects us, of course, with Rome, uh, the Holy See, and, and Pope Francis. One of the aspects, in addition to the meetings, of course, will be meals, and Father Me has given me a list of restaurants <laughs> that he's preferred. Uh, we've we're going to be using um, Father Connell's credit card number, uh, which is uh, Father Kirsta's fortunately got a copy of. But um, one of the other things, though, is the opportunity to celebrate Mass in, in the major basilicas, the first being Monday, the third, uh, St. Peter. Uh, the Wednesday will be at St. Paul outside the wall, Thursday, uh, Mary Major, and then uh, Friday, John Lateran. Um, Father me, when you were studying in the North American College and to make spending money, you gave tours uh, during class time <laughs> to these various uh, basilicas. Tell me, which, is, class time, that's which right. is your favorite of all of these? You know, I knew you were going to ask me that, mm -hmm. and I'd have a hard time. At one point, it was um, Santa Maria Majores, mm -hmm. Mary Majors, and I liked that very much, and that's on the Esquiline uh, Hill. Uh, each one is so unique or so beautiful. Now, uh, Bishop, you mentioned before, well, don't they all look? They do. You've seen, one, you've seen them all. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, they, there really is some differences. Um, Mary Majors, maybe the reason I like that, and being vicar for finance, mm -hmm. is <laughs> that the ceiling of Mary Majors is gold gilded, mm. and the gold came from the New World. So, I mean, uh, they, they gilded it with gold because each of the major basilicas um, is uh, protected by. A certain country, so or was traditionally. So Mary Majors was given to the Spanish kingdom. So Spain was responsible for the care of St. Mary Majors. And um, in that care, of course, therefore, the maintenance and also the adornment of the basilica. And that's why it has, or it gave Spain did gold from the New World to gild the ceiling of St. Mary Majors. Hmm. Now, I've only visited Rome a couple of times, and both times as a tourist, and but I have visited those those four basilicas, and, and as I say, they each have a uniqueness about them. And, and what's awe-inspiring about St. Peter's is, for me anyway, was that was, uh, you know, visiting there, that's the place where they have that midnight mass that is televised here in Spokane every year, the which I understand now begins at 9.30 p.m., a local Rome time, which I can appreciate that on, on Christmas Eve. But to look at that and say, oh, I've been there, and then you see these thousands of people there for that magnificent uh, Christmas Eve Mass. But the one that stands out for me as a favorite is St. Paul's Outside the Walls, uh, not because of anything particular about the architecture or the history, but because in the gift shop they sell a wonderful liqueur, St. Paul Outside the Walls liqueur. <laughs> Interesting. And the, and the limoncello is not bad either, yeah. so and uh, no limit to how much you can buy. Just what is the know. oldest, which of these basilicas that I'll be uh, attending, uh, visiting, is the oldest? Oh, now that's a tough question hmm. because, I mean... Um, Are they original buildings? Cause, right, yeah, the original building. I suppose the oldest, I'm, I'm not going to go there because there's too many traps. Take uh, St. Paul outside the wall, for instance. Um, the original basilica burnt down in... What was it? The Chicago Fire? <laughs> Wait now, I know the year. I think it was uh, 1823. Hmm. And um, it burnt down, and the Pope at the time was Pius VII, Pope Pius VII, who was the last Benedictine Pope. And Chiaramonti was his name, his family name. But his, uh, he had been Pope for 23 years, and his, although very holy, very good man, 
Uh, he had a very difficult papacy because it was during the time of Napoleon. Napoleon wasn't that, you know, uh, good to the church. But in any case, on his deathbed, uh, the last night he was alive, St. Paul outside the wall, which is taken care of by the Benedictines, burnt mm. down. And uh, his secretary of state, Consalvi, Cardinal Consalvi, felt that uh, this poor man had suffered enough, no, <laughs> no reason to tell him, oh, one more thing, Holy Father, before you die, uh, the basilica is burnt down. So that gets back in any case. So, um, of course, St. Peter's was built. Uh, it's not the original mm -hmm. Constantine Basilica of St. Peter's, but it was built um, in the 1500s. So uh, I'd have to go back and check, actually. You know, before we were... Um we went on the air, I was speaking about, I'm not a fan of um, a lot of the ancient uh, revered uh, monuments there in Rome for various reasons. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think actually the one that I'm not a particular fan of is St. Paul outside the walls because the palm trees. That's what it is outside of it. And the fact, I think there's a lot of pickpocketing that goes on outside that. <laughs> but, you, but you must have an issue with trees because you were saying during the break you didn't like the pine trees no, in Rome. I like pine trees in the state of Maine, which is the pine tree state. But it's pine trees that look like uh, Umbrella umbrellas yeah. and well, uh, something like that. So it is... Um, uh, well, we're, we're, we will have Mass, and we're rotating. I believe the archbishops will be the main celebrants uh, for this. Those of us that are suffragan bishops will be allowed to give a communion uh, uh, with a note from our parents. Uh, but um, we, um, there will be opportunities for us to, uh, to um, have meals together. So we, we didn't talk about any favorite restaurants. Uh, we, we know that Father Kirsp likes some of the... Uh, the pubs there. There are, are there a few Irish pubs in Rome for the... Uh, there are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Guinness pubs. Guinness pubs. <laughs> but what, what's your favorite restaurant if it's still open? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, when I was a student there in the 70s, my favorite restaurant was Pier Luigi on the Via Giulia, and it was run by a family. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it just had wonderful food. Uh, Mozzicone, which I mentioned to you, mm -hmm. Uh, you're going to be staying on the Borgo Pio, and it's on the Borgo Pio, and it has wonderful carbonara. But, I, I mean, the most important thing, I suppose, in eating in Rome is getting out of the touristy section mm -hmm. of Rome. And um, then in the neighborhoods, you just find What's that one up there everywhere. that's outdoors? You can eat outdoors. I think I've been there with uh, when Cardinal Levedo was named a cardinal. Uh, it's In Rome? or Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah Father uh, uh, not, Barnett. Not what, far from the Knack. Well, you eat outdoors. I mean, it's it's. Uh... Well, I there's uh, a number of those, mm -hmm. but I mean, the one I would think of outside of Rome, outdoors, is the Cecilia Matella, which is a wonderful um, hmm. place on the Via Appia. Now, the Carbonaro isn't that what the police department is? That what they call the police department? In... <laughs> Carbonari. Okay, that's the same Carbonari. thing. Carbonari. Yeah, yeah. It's same root <laughs> word. So. I don't think yeah. when you you're scanned with the wand. The, I don't think there are any batteries when I noticed that security was a little... Because um, they always seem to be Googling the, uh, the co-eds there, the, uh, or what are we... Uh, whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Yes, so, yes. So maybe in our last few minutes, uh, yeah. circle back to the ad limit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bishop, when you get to meet with the Pope and mm -hmm. other dicasteries, are there certain things you hope to share in particular? And maybe do you get to ask them things? Or do they get to tell you and listen to your report and say, I want you to 
go back and do this. I don't know if that's part of the dynamic. Well, the report is from the New England uh, bishops that the Pope uh, had a prepared text, but then he put it aside, and then through a translator, people were able to ask him questions and he would respond. I think one of the things I'm going to thank him is for the uh, missionaries of mercy, and we're fortunate in our diocese. We have Monsignor Pearson, Father Barnett, and Father Mike Blackburn Franciscan. There are some dioceses, I'm told, that bigger than ours, dioceses that do not have a missionary mercy, let alone three, and uh, to thank him for that. I will have a few questions involving some school issues, uh, that, um, and then uh, I know that one of our bishops in the region has uh, a few questions himself. But we're, we don't know what to, to, to anticipate, uh, what, we'll, what instructions we may be given. I think it's an opportunity for, for us to talk about what are, what are the blessings we have in our individual diocese and what are the challenges we face locally and certainly as a church in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned you were visiting the Congregation for Saints. or. Mm -hmm. Why? We, <laughs> are, are we going to be canonizing someone out here soon? <clears throat> we, we are. Uh, we're anticipating <laughs> a few determined. martyrdoms. Uh, so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just the list they've, they've, they've given us. And um, there is a certain bishop that remain nameless that I've been given some cautionary advice to make sure that he's not allowed to translate for us. <laughs> Because there's been a rumor that he's going to introduce me as his auxiliary bishop. <laughs> and um, being that uh, he switches in multiple languages, um, it might be good for me to have one of those. Isn't there some new uh, app I can have on my phone where I can speak to it and then hold it back up? And, and, and to reindeer, I think. Is it? Wasn't that part of it? The... I don't know. Yeah. So, so the, the Congregation of the Causes of Saints, I don't know what... Will be happening there. Are there any gifts uh, either Father Me or Father Chris would like me to bring back? Um, but you're not going to St. Paul outside the walls. So. Oh, or you are. So. Oh, well, you want some of that liqueur? It's called liqueur and limoncello. Can you get outside the wall? Yeah, that, well, <laughs> providing I not pickpocketed when I leave there. Um, yes. Uh, let's see. What else do we have to hear? The, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. Any matters of faith and morals you want me to bring? <laughs> In yeah. the last 40 seconds. Seconds yeah. of this show, yeah. <laughs> well, no, well, I have a very safe trip. I, so yeah. exactly when is this um, visit Limina? It's the first week of February. And soon. It's coming up soon. And uh, I asked because I'm not really, it's a challenge for me to travel to Italy. I was hoping to Skype in, but I was told we can't do that. Uh, but in any case, I will be bringing the uh, prayers and, and the petitions from the United States. God bless you and uh, keep us all in, in your prayers as we continue uh, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ here in Eastern Washington. Amen. Amen.